All right, welcome back to the show. This is Mike Smith. Time for my visit with Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Baldry's Beat. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. Happy Canada Day. Yeah, you too. Uh, it's a Canada Day unlike any other with the wildfire situation that we got right now. This is a scary situation yeah, in the province, like just a perfect beginning. storm. It's just beginning. We're going to lurch from uh, easing our way out of the COVID crisis um, emergency into an emergency involving wildfires in much of the province. Uh, this is just the start of what's going to be likely. To, the officials I've talked to in the wildfire service uh, say this is going to be a terrible uh, summer. Uh, a whole proverbial perfect storm is about to occur. So Lytton is the first, and hopefully it's the last, but uh, there's going to be big fires this summer. I remember looking at the B.C. government wildfire website just a couple of days ago, and I think there were 24 fires burning just two days ago, and I thought, well, gee, that's not too bad, given the uh, the record heat wave we got, and then it's like, boom. Well, lightning. Yeah, you got 53 new fires just in the last 48 hours. Well, you got this unbelievably high uh, heat levels, unprecedented, yeah. dries everything out, and then you got lightning, and lightning causes uh, more fires than humans, and there's been a number of lightning strikes throughout the interior of the north. You got a big uh, fire raging in the Peace right now, and you've got uh, other one near Kamloops. You've yeah. got uh, these these wildfires are. Very serious, and it's going to be a grim uh, summer, I think, in terms of damage. Yeah, you literally get like a fire storm. I was just speaking to Erica Berg from the BC Wildfire Service office, and she was describing how some of these big fires actually produce almost like their own weather system, mm -hmm. where they've got the smoke and they've got uh, it can produce their own lightning strikes, yep. which can then spread it further. Then you throw in the wind uh, and the lack of precipitation, just bone dry. And you've got a very, very dangerous situation on our hands right now. And the poor people in that village of Lytton, I just pray everybody got out of there mm -hmm. because that fire erupted uh, yesterday afternoon. The mayor issued the evacuation notice around 6 p.m. And people literally had minutes We're to get out of there. We got a crew uh, right there um, ready to go in. We want to go in and show everybody what the damage is. Uh, so there's no rumors. We don't want rumors to take hold here. We want some clear pictures of exactly what happened so we can show people, uh, and including residents who've had to flee Lytton to see what that town looks like right now. Of course, they won't let you in there right now, right? Not it's yet. all emergency we're, we're, in there. We're trying to push to get at least a, one camera crew in there. Uh, this happens every wildfire season. It's always about access. We argue that uh, it's in the public interest to show exactly what's going on in, in some of these small towns and communities to, to, to partly also reassure people uh, that, you know, it's not either as bad as you think it is or that it, it does confirm the worst fears. But uh, clear information is better than rumors. Okay, uh, you've got a good reporter on that on that story, uh, Emad Agai, uh, who's doing a good job in this this morning. We hope to speak to him later in the show. Um, I spoke to Scott Hildebrand. He was my first guest this morning. He is the chief administrative officer for the Thompson-Nicola Regional District, which includes this village of Lytton. Mm -hmm. So this is the region that has just been devastated by these fires. There are multiple fires burning there. But the fire that swept through this little village after they had recorded the highest temperatures mm -hmm. ever recorded in Canadian history three days in a row, then you get this terrible fire in the aftermath of that. And the challenge right now is to make sure... Everybody got out, and here's what he told me this morning. That's our problem right now, is it happens so quickly that uh, to register these folks and get in communication with everybody has been very difficult because some went to the Lower Mainland, some went to Boston Bar, some are in Kamloops, some are in Merritt. So uh, apparently the, the Red Cross will be a phone line with the Red Cross that will be up and running by noon today, and uh, we're going to start kind of getting that information and, and start to provide some, some support um, and information for for those uh, in, uh, impacted by the situation. 
This is like, uh, you know, people just praying and hoping that their loved ones got out. They're trying mm -hmm. to account for everyone. There's about 250 people live in that village. Some other people just outside the village also affected by the evacuation notice. So there's a lot of people to account for there. But as you heard him describe, there are people just scattered everywhere to get away from this thing. Yeah, they're literally trying to do a head count and do it as quickly as possible. And that's one reason we're not getting into Lytton right now. They want they don't want someone to find out on the news that their home's gone, for example. They want to try to notify as many people as possible uh, about what's uh, what the situation is. But um, it's it's devastating, no question. Um, and again, I think if people are listening to the news, they probably want to check in with their local RCMP uh, and let, let them know that uh, where they are. Okay, just corresponding here with the um, uh, the local MP in the region too, who informs me that for people who may have fled the fire there, you want to let people know that you're okay. Or if you want, if people are trying to check on loved ones, there is a, an emergency operations center that's been set up by the Thompson Nicola Regional District, and the phone number is two five zero three seven 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 one eight eight. That's the Emergency Operations Center in response to this uh, fire, 250-377-7188. And uh, so that's the num number to call. Um, <clears throat> he was He's a conservative MP for the uh, constituency. He was a guest earlier on the show today, too. And we talked about what has happened in this village, and here's what he told me. The most up-to-date information I have is that 90% of the village has been destroyed. Um oh. The all of the critical infrastructure for BC Hydro, uh, the railways and TELUS has been destroyed. So like cell phone coverage and telecommunications is out in the area. Um, so the situation is pretty dire. Okay, that's his information, I and mean, that's unconfirmed by other sources we've been speaking to mm -hmm. today. So like you said, we don't. No one knows for sure what uh, the status of this village right now i mean there have been some horrifying videos that have been posted on social mm -hmm. media people getting out of this thing and yeah. you see lot, lots of stuff on fire yeah and that's oh. why we're trying to get a crew in there to confirm uh, what, what right now is a lot of uh, speculation but also based on uh, you know a lot of eyewitness accounts okay um you just keep we continue to hope for the best for mm -hmm. everyone that's been affected by this but um you know tragically we've got a situation where it's like the classic perfect storm of, of conditions so. well again it's it's um fascinating and troubling to go from really we're easing out of covid restrictions today is day one of step three you know you just heard our the traffic report on nw talking about don't go to horseshoe bay unless you got a reservation there's an absolutely mile-long lineup there so people are traveling like never before but it's coming at a time where we're about to lurch into another crisis that's going to consume much of the province, and that's wildfires. Okay. Um, it is reopening day, though, right? It's it is. Today is stage three, step three of the reopening plan. Let me play this here for you, Keith. Get your take. This is uh, BC's Employment Minister Ravi Kalon uh, talking about the goal to get back to normal here after the pandemic. Have a listen. Well, September is still our target, um, and, uh, and and things are moving along, along very well. Again, uh, strongly encourage people to get vaccinated, especially those folks uh, that you know, 23 or 22 percent of the population that haven't gotten vaccinated. Encourage them to do so. Uh, and of course, step three, uh, step four is September 7th. Uh, but we're going to continue to monitor uh, the pandemic, not only here, but the provincial health office is watching the data from all over the world on a daily basis. Okay, Okay. step four, you heard him describe in September. St today is uh, step three. What what changes kick in today, major ones? Well, you can, you can travel the country if you want. Masks are now recommended. 
and yeah. you know strongly recommended in, in a lot of situations, but they're not mandatory. There's no penalty that goes with not wearing a mask right now. So you can go into a store without a mask on now if that's the store policy. A store oh. doesn't doesn't uh, you know the old uh, no shirt, no shoes, no service. Uh, no one challenges that, and it'll be interesting whether some stores add mask requirements. We don't know. In the legislature here, for example, you're supposed to wear a mask in the hallway. Okay. Uh, that rule's not changed. But again, there's no penalty attached to that. You can now go to restaurants and sit at a table with any number of people, not just six. Um, you can now gather in indoor gatherings at, at significant numbers, 50% capacity. Outdoors, 5,000 people or 50% capacity. Uh, so you're going to have uh, th- potentially, if the Lions, BC Lions start playing, for example, uh, in August, we're going to have people in the stands, BC Place, to watch the Lions. You're not going to have 100% capacity. Not that the Lions ever drew 100% capacity, but... <laughs> right. You know, uh, the sports teams, when they start up again, you can they can have spectators in the stands. Uh, you can have large gatherings at your home. There's no, you know, if you want to have 40 people over to a barbecue, fine. Uh, so, again, it's, it's basically um, almost back to normal with some exceptions. There are going to be safety plans that are going to have to be in place in certain situations, but they're about communicable disease safety plans. They're not COVID-19 safety plans. So it's a, it's a considerable change from what we were for the last few months. Okay, you got casinos allowed yep. to reopen now as with well. uh, not as big a crowd, uh, and you're going to have. Um, and you and I have talked about this before. We've both seen that video that the BC Lottery Corp put together last year, and then mis- mysteriously withdrew from circulation. But it showed how a casino could operate safely. It, it, like every second slot machine is is uh, taped off. Uh, you're not allowed to touch the cards. You and I are poker players not sure how you play poker without touching the cards but they apparently have a way to do that and uh, but they've got a safe way of opening so casinos are going to be uh, our, our reporter john wall last night had a, a piece on just how casinos can operate uh, nightclubs can operate um no dancing though i think indoors and no table hopping indoors so that's another oh. one of the rules you can't table hop either in a nightclub or a restaurant well, that's got to really affect you because I know you're a big a night owl and you oh, like going yeah, out dancing yeah. at the club. Exactly. So that's going to be tough ten, for you. 10 o'clock, I'm, I'm asleep. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, here's Stephanie Smith from the BC General BC Government Employees Union uh, talking about the casino reopening. Have a listen. We're not out of the pandemic yet. We know there's a light at the end of the tunnel as the vaccines roll out, and we want to make sure that we all get there together. We really won't know until everybody has had a chance to be recalled just how many people have left the industry. Okay, I guess are some of these casino workers members of GEU? I think some of them are yeah. uh, unionized. Yeah. Stephanie raised an interesting point. A lot of people have been off of jobs, not just casinos, but a lot yeah. of other places that are going to open, nightclubs and such. Um, will they come back? And can the management find these people and bring them back to open in a timely fashion? That remains to be seen. Yeah, I was talking to a guy I know who owns a bar. And I said, you must be happy you can serve to midnight or 1 a.m. now. And he said, well, I'd love to if I had the staff. Yeah. You can't find the staff. So you're yeah. still closing early. Yeah, no, it's going to be a human resources issue for a lot of businesses as they try to reopen. All right, welcome back to the show. A special Canada Day coverage for you today. My guest, Keith Baldry, Baldry's Beat. Let's go to your phone calls. Jenny and Langley. Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you? I'm good. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you. My question is that I am uh, supposed to head out on a business trip to Alberta, to Calgary and Edmonton on Sunday. I was going to leave about 4 a.m. And I know that part of Highway 1 is closed because of the fire. But is there a workaround? Like, are they they, uh, detouring people or are you just stuck? Are you, look, are you talking like Highway 1? Yes. 
Well, I think it's, I don't know if it's closed in both directions. It probably is. But there, is there must be another route through there, right? Is oh, yeah. There? It's alternative routes. Yeah. And also, things are moving fairly quickly on this uh, on this file. So don't uh, don't jump to too many conclusions quite yet. Yeah, I think I you're mean, still going to be safe to go. Yeah, I think, like, there's there's a closure. Of high, I'll try and get the exact precise locations of where some of, these, uh, some of these highway closures are at at the moment. So just stay tuned here, Jenny. I'll try and look that up for you. Kim in New West. Hey, Kim. Just wanting to know if... Um, Keith knows if the Red Cross has opened up any donations or a- any organizations has opened up any donations for the lit- Litton people. That's a good question. I don't think anything formal has been established, but uh, that's uh, something that likely will emerge uh, in the coming days, I'm sure, to help the the people of uh, Litton who's lost certainly lost their homes. There usually is a relief effort that... Uh, gets established very quickly. Often does involve the Red Cross, but not all the time. But I would encourage you to contact the Red Cross because they're certainly not going to turn away donations. Well, Brad Viss, who's the conservative MP in that constituency, told me earlier today that there was a Red Cross response number being set up that would probably be live around noon today. So I anticipate you will get an update on the Red Cross and involvement here. We'll, in be, a couple we'll hours. be airing some relief uh, measures on Global throughout the day as well. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. Star 9898 on your cell. Benny in Abbotsford. Hey, Benny. Hi. We need to close the forest down um, immediately. We need to call a public emergency. We waited too long for the pandemic. We waited too long for the uh, drug overdose. We waited too long for the seniors that died in the last week because of heat overdose. The government needs to react and react now, close the forest down before the whole okay. problem. Okay, Benny. Okay, Benny. Um, it's interesting that uh, part of the reopening um, in mid-June was, you know, tra- travel the province. Now it's travel the country. But travel the province right now, it's going to be interesting this summer. Are people really going to take a chance of driving into the interior from Metro Vancouver if the prospect of wildfires are there, road closures? Uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll check over the next few weeks whether campsite um, uh, bookings, which are really you know almost sold out, basically the summer start to be canceled because of wildfire concerns. Okay, there is a province-wide campfire ban right now. So if you do go into the back country, yeah, that could be in place for a while. It is uh, zero tolerance for a campfire anywhere in the province, which. Which is a drag if you're heading out with your kids and you want to make some mm-hmm. s'mores and marshmallows, but it's just it's just kind of but a fact also, of life right you know, now. Unfortunately, lightning is going to be the cause of all these fires, not not so much humans. Right. Okay. Um, we continue to follow the situation uh, very closely, and um, in terms of you were meant on the show yesterday, we just got a minute left here. But you mentioned that I think you have covered every single briefing mm-hmm. during the COVID nineteen pandemic, every single government briefing. briefing which has got to be what dozens oh, over 100 oh, briefings it's got to be more than 150 yeah it's got to be but there's no more right so there's no more scheduled there's no more regularly or... scheduled uh i ran into dr henry yesterday she says it's not like she's going to stop public appearances i mean there's still going to be also giving out information but that regular weekly or twice weekly briefing that became this long running hit tv show radio show yeah is not going to be there anymore as scheduled, which is going to come as a disappointment to so many people who have just rearranged their schedules to listen to these things an hour long every once a week. It started out six days a week, if you recall, at the very beginning. Uh, they were amazing. Uh, people became hooked on those briefings, but now they're no more because, really, there's not a heck of a lot to report on COVID. And as I mentioned off the yeah, top of the show, which is good. we're now going to start being uh, listening to probably Mike Farmer.
Farnworth uh, doing regular briefings on fires. And we're, we're, we're going to hear from Premier Horgan and Mike Farnworth, Public Safety Minister, later this afternoon. They're going to make an appearance to talk about wildfires, and we'll bring that to you on NW as well.